it can be pretty hard to decipher what we really want in life from what we think we should be doing, the path we're already well advanced on, what we think's possible, and what friends and family want for us. Yet getting clear on this is so important when you're planning to make a big change like changing your career. Because your job is not simply what you do each day, it affects all areas of your life. And if it doesn't feel right or fulfill your needs or make you happy, it can mess up your relationships and your dreams. Yes, you can write a list of what you want or visualize your ideal future life and set goals, but that can still be influenced by self-doubt, fears, and your belief in what's possible. So how can you cut through all of that and really get to the desires that live in your soul? In this episode, I'm going to share the one mind-blowing method to getting crystal clear about the things you really want in life. It may feel a tiny bit uncomfortable, but believe me, it works. So stick with me and I'll give you all the info so you can use this powerful exercise as a blueprint for your future life. Are you ready to dive into your deepest desires? Yes? Then let's dive in. I'm Nicola O'Hara, and I made the leap from a successful corporate career as a leader in learning, development, and recruitment to launch my dream business and haven't looked back. Every week, we'll bring you step-by-step strategies, essential knowledge and tools, and share inspirational stories and practical tips so you are ready to take your leap to a career and life you love. This is the Powering Your Passion podcast. If I asked you now to say what's most important to you in life, what would you say? What about where do you want to spend your time? Who do you want to spend it with? What do you want to do with your time? What impact do you want to make, if any? And how do you want to be remembered? Can you honestly say that your answers will not be influenced by your fears or beliefs or what you think is practical or what's expected of you from your loved ones? Have you unconsciously held yourself back from that big audacious goal? Maybe you have, maybe you haven't, but how do you know for sure? There is a method that will help you cut through all the noise to your deepest and true desires. What is it? It's writing your own eulogy. Yes, I've said it, the one thing that makes people run a mile or put their hands over their ears, something related to the fact we're not immortal. Benjamin Franklin famously said, In this world, nothing is certain except death and taxes. But people just don't like to think about dying, which I suppose is natural, right? So don't worry, this episode is not going to be morbid. In fact, it's quite the opposite. I'm talking about using this instinctive reaction that we all have to the thought of our own time's up in a positive way. To kickstart living in a better, more intentional way so we can achieve all we want in life. So I should caveat what I said before to say this method is about writing your own ideal eulogy and using it as a blueprint of what you really want to achieve in life and how you want to live it. Because let's face it, nothing focuses the mind more than knowing that one day you won't be here anymore. Which is why writing your own eulogy as an exercise to know what you really want can be so powerful. The exercise of writing your own eulogy was made popular by Daniel Harkavy, the author of Living Forward. Over the years, it's been recommended by other leaders in business, such as Donald Miller, author of Building a Story Brand and Business Made Simple, and has now been used by thousands of professionals and entrepreneurs around the world. 
as a way to make sense of their lives and to plan their next personal and professional steps. Now, I have to admit, when I first heard about it, I was kind of sceptical, as well as a bit, little bit uncomfortable, as I've had enough brushes with the Grim Reaper to not want to dwell too long thinking about my own end. I also thought it was just yet another tool to help you work out what you want, right? But when I actually tried it, it really blew my mind. There's something powerful in the finality of it, of accepting that, hey, we're not going to be around forever. So if we're going to do anything or be anyone, this is what we want, free from constraints we impose on ourselves. It forces you to focus on the really important things because a eulogy isn't a book. It's just a snapshot of the highlights. So those highlights better be what we want them to be. Daniel Harkavy says, when we take the time to write our eulogies, it creates this magnetic pull power that draws us forward. Our priorities and our vision for where we want to be and how we'll get there come into sharp focus. This clarity enables us to make the best decisions, get up out of our comfortable patterns, create new habits and start moving towards a better future. So I've been talking quite a while now about this, but I've not mentioned exactly what a eulogy is. Well, a eulogy is a speech usually somebody close to you gives at your funeral. It reflects back on your life, what you've accomplished, the type of person you were, what you did for others, the impact you had in the world, if any, and what people can learn from your life. It's a celebration of all you are and what you meant to others. In a way, it's such a pity that you're not there to hear it. It's so good to hear nice things about yourself, right? Although I'm pretty sure with my Anglo-Irish background, I'll be too embarrassed to listen. We're not great at taking compliments in this part of the world. Now, I've written and delivered two eulogies in my life for both my sister and my dad. Both were really hard to do, as you can imagine. Not only are you full of emotion at that time, but you have so much else to organise and you generally don't have much time to pull the eulogy together. And how do you distill a lifetime into 10 minutes or a few sheets of A4? I wish many times I could have asked them what they wanted me to say, and what they felt were their achievements. I wanted them to read the final version and say it's okay. I felt a huge responsibility to get it right, to really capture the spark and the essence of who they were, why they made an impact on me and the world. I was told by others that I did a good job, but I know I missed things out. After all, only they knew what they were most proud of. I wondered what they would have said had they had the chance to write their own eulogy. Now, why am I talking about this experience? Well, when writing a eulogy, you only have a short space of time to capture everything. So you have to pull out the most important things. Those that really resonate, those that have an impact and stood out among everything else that life entails. So when you're writing your own eulogy, you're forced to focus on the things that you really want to achieve, how you really want to be remembered. This brings clarity to your thoughts that you really can't get any other way. The thing is, you have loads of time now. That's why it's so important to do this exercise now. You're doing this while you can still make whatever is in that eulogy come true. Whatever your age you are, whatever state your health is in, you have time and opportunity right now. It's easy to live life with our heads down, focusing on the here and now and leaving bigger plans in the back burner while just making a living, not actually living. We've all heard the advice if you were on your deathbed, would you regret this choice or would, you, would, would this or that seem important? So by writing your ideal eulogy, you're expanding on that concept. Steve Jobs said, remembering that I'll be dead soon is the most important tool I've ever encountered to, to help me make the big choices in life. Because almost everything, 
all external expectations, all pride, all fear of embarrassment or failure, these things just fall away in the face of death, leaving only what is truly important. Remembering you're going to die is the best way to avoid the trap of thinking you have something to lose. You are already naked. There is no reason not to follow your heart. So my sister Liz was always very shy. She was confident with her group of friends, but anything that put her on show, like speaking in public or even in front of strangers, she avoided. She also suffered from something that affects my entire family, people-pleasing. She worried about what people would say about her so much that it really held her back. However, when she was diagnosed with a terminal brain tumour, she changed. She dressed more confidently. She spoke to anyone. She was invited to speak to a group of academic surgeons and scientists in the US when she was visiting there for a second opinion on her tumour. She did so confidently, sincerely and with passion. And afterwards, the research scientist spoke to her and said that she'd really touched them and that seeing her and hearing from her reminded them about what their research is all about. If she had been too shy to speak to them, they would not have had that gift. And who knows if her influence may have led those scientists to push that a little bit further to find new ways of fighting the disease because of her. Liz also travelled to places she dreamed of, like visiting the pyramids of Egypt and going on safari in South Africa. Actually, it was when she was in Egypt that she was watching belly dancers on stage. And when they invited her up on the stage to join them, she leapt at the chance and threw herself into it. I can tell you that the old Liz would have slid down in her chair, looking in every other direction, hiding herself so she she wouldn't be asked. Never mind actually going up there. She was more vivacious, happy and alive than she ever had been in those final years of her life. Suddenly, all expectations of her were gone. All one-day plans had to happen now. She embraced life and lived it. Although she managed to cram in a lot after her diagnosis, she told me that she wished she'd not cared so much in the past what people thought. She wasted so many opportunities because of her shyness and lack of self-belief. So for her, knowing she, she didn't have much time left, she was given two years max but made it to three and a half, allowed her the freedom and the confidence and focus to live life as she should have been doing all along. This is really common in people who become ill. Their life is quickly brought into focus and they realise what's important to them. Many write a bucket list, in other words, writing a list of all the things they want to do before they kick the bucket. But why do we wait until illness raises its ugly head or until you retire to think about ticking off things you want to do or even write that list? We should be checking off those dreams and goals throughout our lives so we don't need to cram them in when life becomes shorter. Writing your own eulogy can be an incredibly powerful and motivating thing to do. It's actually a bit like something common in the corporate world, the biography. A biography, or biog as it's commonly known, is an introduction to you as a corporate professional. It's a statement of your accomplishments, both academic and professional so far. And it's usually used when you can join a new company or are promoted to a new role or used in public relations if you represent the company externally, or write or speak to the media. Ideally, it's less than 250 words, so you have to squeeze in just the highlights. It's similar to the eulogy in that it covers the things you want to be known for, but it's limited to the professional side of you, your corporate persona, as it were. I used to have an exercise I gave people when I was coaching in the corporate world, where you write down the biography of what you want to be in the future, so what work and educational achievements you want to make happen, pretending that you've already made it and this is your actual biography. But although that exercise was great in getting people focused and motivated on their career path, 
it left out so much more. It doesn't say what impact good or bad your career has on your family, whether you enjoy what you do or not. It doesn't show that what your hobbies are, what you want to do with your life, or anything below the surface of that image you project to the world. So writing your eulogy covers your entire life, the good, the bad, and the wonderful. So how do you go about writing your own eulogy? First, remember this is about what you still want to achieve in this life, who you want to be, rather than just what you've done so far. As well as including things you've already done, you're writing as if your big dreams and goals for the future have also happened. An important thing here is that you do have to think that you're no longer around. The feeling that that brings, the finality, will help you really focus on what are your non-negotiables. Then remember that unless you choose to share it, it's for your, your eyes only. So dream big, be ambitious, and above all, be honest with yourself. Avoid all those shoulds and societies or loved ones' expectations. You can write it in the first person, so using me and I, or you can write it in the third person, so he, she, they. You could also use your name. For example, Jane really lived life to the full and did it with a warm and generous nature. Personally, I think the third person is better, as it sounds like someone is speaking about you. You should set aside enough time. You should leave at least an hour away from distractions to get it done properly. It's not something you can do in a spare 30 minutes, so block the time and commit to it. You then have the decision of how to structure it. You can write it chronologically, that's going from birth, re-education, work, etc., and all the accomplishments along the way. But this will soon eat up your word count and it's quite difficult to cut short. A much better method is to use themes. So areas of your life you can talk about. An example of some themes you could use are personality. What do people admire most about you? What do they enjoy the most when spending time with you? What are some times you helped people in a way they will remember? And what will people miss the most about you? Education. If your qualifications are important to you, then by all means include them here. And if you'd like to study for some more, add them in too. But this can also mean other things you've learned through life and work. Maybe skills you've learned or developed. So if you would love to learn how to water ski or skydive, then add it in as if it's already been done. Then think about where you've lived and travelled to. So places you've already lived in or been to and those you promise that you will do one day. Add those those in that you really want to make happen. Not as a tick list, but those you feel drawn to. Then your working life. Did you love what you worked in? Did it have meaning? Did you find success? What did you do for work? And did you win any awards? Relationships. Did you have a partner? Children? Did you have a small or large group of friends? What kind of relationships did you have with them all? What about hobbies? Did you have any side projects or hobbies you enjoyed outside of work? Did you have any accomplishments related to them? And apart from what I've already covered, did you have any other standout achievements that meant a lot to you or you're proud of? What words would you like to be used to describe you? So things like adventurous, kind, wise, daring, caring, ambitious or creative. Once you've brainstormed on all the themes, achievements and descriptive words, you can weave them into a narrative. It should be no more than 10 minutes or 1,300 words, but usually it should be around five minutes long, so about 650 words. 650 words is not that long. It's about one and a third A4 pages with single spacing. So that gives you an idea of what to aim for. Okay, there's no point doing the eulogy exercise if you just leave it there. 
The most important part is taking some action to start making those things that are in your ideal eulogy, but have not yet made it into your life, take shape. Firstly, read it back aloud. I know it feels really weird, but just try it. When you hear it, you should feel emotion, exhilaration or pride, that if it truly was your eulogy, you would have lived the life that is in your heart, mind and soul. If you don't feel anything, go back and look at it again, as you may have written it as things you think you should be doing, and it won't connect with you at that gut level, because it's not really you. When you feel a connection to the words, you have it right. Then use your eulogy as a blueprint for your life and review the different themes you've highlighted one by one and create plans of how you're going to get from where you are right now into whatever you've written down and set a timeline on when you will get them done by. If you want to go into this really deep, you could write your eulogy twice. This is something I did and it takes a bit more time, but you can really start to see the gaps. So first, write your eulogy as if it had to be read now. So only include things up to the date you're doing this exercise. Then after that, go ahead and write your ideal eulogy as I've already described. Then read both aloud and see how you feel about both. What do you feel most sad about not achieving and including in the first eulogy? Where can you start filling the gaps? And what is most important that you make happen really soon? The bottom line is, whatever your age, even if you're 90, there's always time for you to achieve more. Yes, time might be a little bit shorter, but none of us know what age we're going to go go at, so you could still have far longer than a 20-year-old. No one knows. So write your ideal eulogy to find out what's really important for you to achieve in this life. Plan how you'll make it happen and get going on achieving it. So if one day in the distant future someone reads it about you, they don't need to change a word. That's it for this episode. Remember, you deserve to live your passion, so go for it. This is your time. Thank you so much for listening. And if you'd like to listen to more episodes, follow or subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Google or Stitcher, or go to my website, nicolohara.com forward slash podcast.